do you want to start us off? <laughs> Can I start like that? Yes. Are people going to think that's weird? <laughs> yes, actually, that takes a sound to insane. Pull back, pull back. Just pull. do a high tip. Hi, Becca. Okay, I'll try again. Hello, Becca. Good evening. And hello, all the listeners out there. <laughs> uh, can I try that again? That just felt, that felt yes, weird. Yes, you can. <laughs> Hi, Becca. Thanks for dragging me in front of the microphone again. Yes, and hello to all of our listeners out there. Um, not just hello to Tim. No, I'm just talking to you. <laughs> I'm not talking to them. They don't exist. It's just you and me here. He did want to start. He did originally start this recording with just like a madman scream and i was like some stress let's pull back from that because that just i mean we might already sound a little crazy but that makes us sound literally insane (laughs) so let's pull back and start like saying people (laughs) i'm gonna make your job of editing this really hard i'm just gonna drop interspersed screams of insanity (laughs) throughout the episode and you're gonna be like oh boy we're recording from the insanest Asylum tonight, <laughs> where this week has driven us. <laughs> it's okay. It's just it's Sunday night, like we normally, you know, where we normally record. But you know, we we had some uh, travel this week, which was which was fun. We yes, the travel week was amazing. Yep, we went to California, visited some family, spent a week in Southern California, went to the beach a bunch. Yes, it was very wonderful. It's like a place where you just. You just want to stay and you want to have lots of money so that you can like live in these like glamorous homes with palm trees right. or something. So I'm not so exactly like, sure like wow. how my sister or brother-in-law so that's like. that's how money buys happiness. <laughs> <laughs> and yet we know it doesn't. But and I don't even like know how they handle the pressure there because I feel like it's like it is it's such a beautiful place and i feel like it would just be easy to get swept up and like like i mean all, i mean there's a lot of materialism yeah all that's over what we're saying around the world but but it's just like there it's like it just i don't know maybe it's because we're on vacation too and we're yeah that's... desperate and sad but it just felt like very appealing to just be like let's just go live in a beach house for a while. Right. There's something about vacation that makes you think, you know what? Maybe I should just drop everything I'm doing and go live in a vacation home and just buy ice cream and Starbucks every day. Can we get a loan from a bank for that? I don't know. That seems unlikely. (laughs) But you know what? That's what they call a credit card. So in fact, we have. We can can just keep taking out credit cards more and more. People do that. And uh, there you go. You know, that could be an interesting topic for a podcast. What? You know, listening to people record their stress out as they, you know, slowly slip deeper and deeper into uh, overbearing credit card debt. Oh, like, and, like that could be start us. Calling them. Yeah, I was saying like this could be our thing. Oh, could be our, let's, our live, angle. let's live the dream. Okay, so let's just, let's do it. Let's could, go live in a vacation totally. home and dig ourselves towards... A million dollars of debt oh, in a year. Man, Let's do a million in, in a year, year and I see like what it. happens. I like it. It's like it's like Brewster's billions. That never mind. I don't I, even know what that is. I, I, yeah, that's okay. Um, but harder or easier? I don't know. Um, so yes, I think that. So yeah, travel was really fun. Um, the kids were pretty good on the plane and. Yeah, and it was like a two-hour flight, which you can basically, we could do in our sleep at this point. Now, it was interesting. So we took United, uh, which has turned into a bargain airline. But you know what? It's still way better than Frontier. It was a surprise! The leg room in there was awesome. Like, the people lean back, and I have leg room. I never have leg room. I'm always like, help me! It's hurting! You know? And, like, it's, like, this huge problem. And they gave us a waffle on the way there. I'm like, what? Like... Right, it's the, not like, that bad, man. Was it leftover from an international flight or what? It was awesome. Like, why? Why are we being served stroopwafels? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I'm Coffee, very excited early about this. Stroopwafel. Oh, it's great. <laughs> and I mean, like the airport itself was, you know, was a, a bit of a hassle because it's like it. It took them like a half hour to search our personal bags because we brought like some snack items for our kids. You bring kids. snacks for kids. They're gonna. And they're so gonna then it's like, oh, let's swab test. the the um you know the gummy bears that you brought right and the place i'm supposed to stand while they're 
they're inspecting our luggage is like five inches away from the gal who's getting like patted down for, you know, having uh, nail clippers. And it's like, okay, I feel bad for everyone involved in this. But like, can you like at least have a little more space? Well, and then like the kids are like running around, you know, and stuff. And and I'm just like, yeah, go have it. Go have at it. You know, run behind the like oh, yeah. TSH and you right. wrangle my children That's if you're right. going to do this, people. <laughs> we don't want to be here. I'd happily leave. Why don't you take care of my kids while this goes on? And so we had to run and they're like, we're holding the plane for you. <laughs> yes, we were so the last people on board. They didn't even scan our ticket. They're just like, they're like we've we, got your ticket. We know, we know who, who you are. are. Go on in. <laughs> so that was funny Uh, it was good yes and so um when you buy the uh super cheap economy seats uh there's big red banners on the website saying no guaranteed seating no uh ability to upgrade your seats no group together seating families family seating families will not be seated together and we're like at first we're like really but then like no yeah they they really were serious about it like on the way there the plane was mostly empty so we got to be pretty close to each other but we were like laughing about it cuz we were like there's no way they can allow like our like our new th- well, our then two-year-old yes. who just turned three and our four-year-old to like sit by themselves. Like really, are they going to put them in a middle seat between people? Between two random people here. <laughs> Which maybe Why we did... talked about already on the flights. I, I can't remember, I, but, like but that's been very funny to me. Like, so at least they image. split us into groups of two. So there's one adult. Over, my two-year-old's going to sit between Now the question you? is, why didn't we put the two-year-old and the four-year-old together? You tried to. And Simon was like all about it. He's like, sure, I'll do that, Dad. I'll take care of, I'll take care of my younger brother for me. And for I was you. like, hmm. <laughs> Shall we not put a stranger by our two and four year old? <laughs> that seems irresponsible. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you got a reel back from but, the fantasy. But I really wanted to take a nap. And, you know, they're really cramping my style. <laughs> we just hear the like, ah! from across the plane. Oh, it was adorable. They were shouting at each other, like from like eight rows away. It's like, Andrew, are you there? Can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> did you ever hear that? Because Simon kept doing oh, that. Oh, yes. Okay, of course great. I did. But I didn't acknowledge it. <laughs> that's, that's wise. And I Andrew was like him. belted in so he couldn't stand up. But he did yell back. But I don't think he, he doesn't. He isn't as loud as Simon. But mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, he can be. But, you know. So let's start with a little bit of trivia, though. Trivia game. Um. So, okay. So number 10, Tim. I'm I'm listening. Give me my clue. Um, the he, one clue I'll need. Yes. He was born in Edinburgh, Scotland in March 1847. 1847 in Edinburgh, Scotland. Nine. His mother lost her hearing, so he developed a technique of speaking in clear, modulated tones directly into her forehead so that she could hear him with reasonable clarity. That is weird. This is Isn't all that sort weird? of. This is all sort of sounding familiar. Oh, no. Is this like another one that like will question if we've done it by the end? No, <laughs> I know we've never done one this podcast? one on the show. Okay, but... okay, okay. Thank goodness, because I'm just like remember that one in the show where yeah. we were like, did we do that? Right. Okay, but I I picked this card for that one because I thought that was really funny really about the mom. Okay. Um, eight. His first invention was a de-husking machine that combined rotating paddles with sets of nail brushes. Okay. Seven, at age 23, he, along with his brother's widow and his parents, immigrated to Canada. It's a little uh, awkward. Like, was he married or did he just hang out with his brother's widow? I know who this is. Oh, no. Yes. That'll be at a number seven. Yes. Okay. Six, he learned the Mohawk language and translated its unwritten vocabulary into visible speech symbols. Five, in 1871, he left Canada, moved to Boston, and opened the vocal physiology and mechanics of speech school. Four, working as a private tutor, one of his most famous pupils was Helen Keller, who came to him as a young child, unable to see, hear, or speak. Three, he is credited, although wasn't that the other lady that helped Helen Keller? Like, Yeah. That's confusing. That's very confusing. Was he a bad private tutor, perhaps? And so that's Ooh, I why didn't he... get a playmate about him. <laughs> Three, he is credited with the invention of the metal detector in 1881 and the uh, hydrofoil watercraft oh. in 1906. 
Nice. Two, in 1882, he became a naturalized citizen of the United States. Mm. So apparently this whole time he's just hanging out. Um, he, he guess he didn't have time to like, you know, take a test or something at yeah, that point. Because he came from Canada in 1871. But um, he was an eminent scientist, inventor, and innovator who was credited with inventing the first practical... Uh, phonograph? Telephone. <laughs> it's not Edison? No. Oh. Alexander Graham Bell. <laughs> uh, I knew that would be the tell if you knew which infinitor <laughs> it was. Because, um, <laughs> because you know, if you had yeah, no, the right invention. No, definitely did not. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. That was a that was a great guess on your part. Yeah, and and a a failure. Yeah, that was definitely <laughs> a complete. Have I failed very often on this game? Not like that. Like you wouldn't have got it until number one. That means with the telephone thing. I feel like you wouldn't have gotten it until the last clue. Oh right. And that um that rarely happens where you go to the very end and not know it. Like right. maybe you'll make a misguess, but like Which is what I did. I would have guessed Edison. So it's like But like it's not like inventor, eighteen hundred. But I feel like you truly didn't know until the last clue, which I feel like has been different. So that was it exciting. Is, it is different. Ugh. Man, that's frustrating. Okay, fine. I know. It was a bad day for that to happen, considering... So, the week that we've had has been draining. My goodness. So, let me talk about toilets. Okay, yeah. Let's talk about those. Because everyone loves to hear about toilets. (laughs) So, our toilet in our master suite is... um, problematic and i knew that there was a very slow leak somewhere in the seal between the flange and the toilet and i'm like okay so i crawled into the crawl space i'm like there's a very little leak there great so i'm gonna have to take the toilet off i finally do it and i'm like oh man the wood is rotten around the toilet it's been leaking slowly and so we have to make a big project out of this and stuff and it's it's not real bad but but it's like yeah it's not good and um and so yeah so that is lingering over us and so the toilet is like sunk into the floor and so tim has it like shimmied up like it's not stuff. good it's not good <laughs> yeah it's it's reinstalled but it's like ooh, that's not gonna like that's not a permanent solution <laughs> Uh-huh. Yes, and of course, you know the car continues to have some stuff, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and your work has been stressful. One of the problems with being a freelancer is that you put out a lot of like feelers, but you don't know when the contracts will come in, and yes. so it's been very hard to balance. And right. so he he's been trying to work over vacation and stuff, and um and so now, but now like uh. I have thus the yes. madman scream because it looks crazy. I worked right while now. we were gone in California, like I don't know, like still like eighty percent, seventy five percent of the time that I would have normally worked. So that was frustrating to do that. And then um yeah, now I'm like working on on a project this weekend, trying to just get it finished up and it's so hard. It's just so hard because I never know when I'm going to be productive or when things are actually going to move quickly or when I'm just going to get stuck troubleshooting some little thing that takes way longer than I expect. Which it's like so frustrating because, you, you know, it's just like two and a half hours have passed and it's like there's not that productive thing, which happens to all of us. But it feels frustrating when you're like in a time crunch oh, yeah. and you're like trying to make it happen. Right. It's and like I literally need to do this so that I can invoice like it needs to get done. And, and it got... feels like time taken from the family. Yes. And... Yes. And it's like I'm probably gonna have to pay someone to do this job in the bathroom. Like I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can. Because he could but the time commitment oh, it would take with all a day. sick wife it man would take me all day. and two kids is like two little ones is like intense. I miss my dad a lot times like this. But yes. Like, he would have just like rocked it. He was very good like built his own home and he would yeah. come over and rocked it with you. Right. So it's like in theory I can visualize it but it's just just way too much. So I'm going to ask around see if I can find someone cheap or you know affordable that can do it yeah because well and it's like on top of all of that you know we've been again in that place of questioning do we bring me to the emergency room or not because the um like yeah, the this morning stuff, we were pretty bad i mean basically i you know haven't eaten in in how many days wednesday thursday friday saturday like it was like like four, four or five and days. A half, yeah, yeah, four or five days I haven't eaten because I Solid had, food. I picked up strep throat and stuff like which wasn't strep throat 
like it's not pleasant, but it's not like the normal stuff that I have. And so, I mean, so I had the fever and like all that stuff, but whatever. But anyway, but it's like, you know, just like not getting sleep and just the extremity of what has been happening over the last few days physically is just intense. And, and honestly, like, like we're both a little like in shock that I'm like walking around. We're like, what is even happening? But I do just kind of feel totally like disconnected. Like I'm like somehow walking, but I don't know how. And my brain is kind of disconnected. And so it's kind of a weird feeling, but I really think it's just got to be a miracle at this point because like, anyway, so it's been back and forth. And so being in that state like and then Tim is trying to get these deadlines and he's like how am I going to get this toilet and so it's just like I feel like there's like that zero I mean it's like normal homeowner like stuff but Mm -hmm. it's like there's that zero margin stuff where you're just like exhausted and and then meanwhile kind of just trying to keep it like upbeat for um for the kids in some ways, you know, because they just, they take that worry on so severely. And one of the things that I love that Tim has been saying recently, like when I was telling him, I'm like, I'm very concerned about the level that our children are worried about me and stuff like, like, um, because they get pretty worried because they're watching this happen and they're watching, you know, they're, yeah, they're watching it. And so, um, uh, anyway, he was like, I think we need to stress like what their responsibility is. And so that has been really important to me to kind of try to make that shift, like, like trying to kind of accept their kindness, but also just be like, thank you. But you know what your job really is, is this, and this is God's job. And, um, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like that that has been good to really focus on. So what is their job? Well, like, that's why we've been kind of like, I feel like that's where we've been floundering the last mm. um, long while. Like, we've been having a hard time, like, having a, a, a plan for our family. We're just kind of taking the punches, you know? And, and so we're like, well, we, you know, like, we're, we're in, like, the survival mode, but we still need to be pushing our kids forward. And so their jobs right now, you know, are to learn how to you know, pick up a few toys. Their job Mm. is to learn how to pick their dinner plate up, you know, like set the table, like, like just doing like little things like the potty more. Right. (laughs) Just like going through that. And I mean, there's all the fights with that, but that's like really where they need to be focused instead of like focusing their energy on something they can't control, which is me. And then, Mm -hmm. which is easier to do because then they'll be nice to you, you know, Mm. where if you're forcing them to do something and concentrate on themselves, they're not all that nice to you. Right. And they fight you on it and they're like grumpy about having to do stuff. Yes. So that's kind of tricky, um, you know, but I feel like that that has been like a win for the family trying to like kind of refocus them on their job. Like as a child, what is your job? Interesting. Very cool. And, you know, and some of that has been interesting from, like, the Wild Things book. Like, did we talk at all about, like, I feel like we've been putting that off a bit. And we honestly haven't read any more of it like we had planned to. Yeah. So if you were looking for that, again, a disappointment. Like, I feel like it's twice in a row that we've yes. done that. But but I don't remember if we really talked about how they were saying, like, at this age, like, even in the, like, four to eight-year-old bracket of boys, like, as they start getting closer to the eight, they can do a better job with picking up. But, like, you really need to, like, be like do the superheroes like a like very specific part of pickup because they get like too overwhelmed by the full scene like they're like girls can do it like boys like you need to break it down different or like tell them like who can pick up the most stuff the fastest oh yeah we haven't done the competition thing very much oh i have oh really but it's backfiring a bit because i've been doing that but then have you noticed how they keep being like you were you weren't like you were the loser and stuff and uh, so like when I, I was like with that. the tub I was like trying to like get them dressed and I was like who wants to get dried off first and like they're like shoving each other down and like <laughs> I'm the winner you're the loser <laughs> <laughs> so that hasn't been great so <laughs> eh, that's fine <laughs> I don't care well but Andrew always loses because he's younger <laughs> so. yeah that's true he does get sort of shoved around by his brother <laughs> yes yes right but I feel like that that was one of the big things that we've taken away from that book it's mm-hmm. just like that expectation of it's like true it's kids. like no they're not I cannot expect them to just like take orders and follow through right away the first time every time yeah 
Like they were saying, like, give them to the second time where most books are like, do you want for the future for them to have to be told twice, you know, but this time is like, you're going to expect it when they're this age bracket, but you're not going to when they're like this, you know. Right. And, right. and even then, only if you're really effective, can you get it down to two times? Like that's like a goal to shoot for. Yeah. Sometimes, uh, yeah, it's very good if I get them to listen the second time. Well, and do you remember also how they were talking about how to incorporate like all their senses when you give them like a oh, direction? Oh, yeah, that was actually really helpful. It's like when you need to tell them something, it's like put a hand on their shoulder, look them in the eye, you know, and speak clearly. You know, you'd say their name too. That's the other thing. It's like, okay, Simon, I need you to pick up this Batman toy. It's like, that was really good. It, it seemed to help. Or it, feel, it feels like we have a little bit of uh, control or expectation that they hear. Yeah, because I feel like where we've been fighting the most, like we're an adjustment like of the expectations for us with, mm. that, with that book, which has been great. Yes. And yeah, and just, yeah, yeah, just adjusting that expectation. And well, expectations is actually one of the things I wanted to bring up because... Oh. Um, so I, I have been, please don't judge me, but I've been watching oh, more of, you. I know you are, I know you are, but I'm, I'm asking you politely before I'm not to, okay. which can control your judgment. Mm-hmm. That's going right? to work. That's going to work. Yep. Definitely. <laughs> and I was also actually more talking to the listeners I, cause I knew you were going to judge and, me. And I don't, I don't want you to talk about the Natalie Grant Christian dating show anymore. I know. I know, I know, you're begging me. Please and, stop. And and I will, but except to bring up one thing. Uh. But here's the thing. Okay, when you don't sleep at night, like you can read the Bible and you can pray and do different things, but sometimes you just watch TV too. <laughs> and so you can make it through a shocking number of things at night. Oh, man. <laughs> when you have two days in a row. <laughs> and one of the days you're not functioning. Oh, boy. So anyway, this is my current you know, muse, if you want. Hmm. <laughs> the horrible, this is your source awful. of inspiration? <laughs> no, not at all. Okay. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. Um, it was, it, she is an inspirational singer, so. Well, they always show people crying in the audience while she's singing. Like, it doesn't really, like. <laughs> the power of it doesn't really get communicated, though. No, it doesn't. Like, it more just looks psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so I have two things just two things. Okay. I know I said one thing, but I actually have two. Okay. So um, the one thing that I really enjoyed is um, that there's an episode where they call one of the bachelors Dr. Bradford. And so the entire time she refers to him as Dr. Bradford. The date E. <laughs> the, the subject has to call one of the potential bachelors Dr. Bradford. Yes. And, and he, she is super into him? Yes. He like he makes it quite far. And he's like the leading area dentist. Wait. Dentist. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's not hard to be a dentist, but like doctor? Like, do you go around insisting everyone call you doctor? Right. In and every circle? Do you, like, life? not have a first name? Like, is that just something that you go ahead and do? <laughs> and so, so what I was doctor, really hoping doctor. is that <laughs> I was really hoping that on our first date, you were like, call me BS Tim. <laughs> I know that's another meaning. But, you know, like for bachelor your Bachelor of Science. Of science. Yes. Call me Bachelor. Oh, BS. <laughs> oh, I'm such a Bachelor of Science. <laughs> You're so romantic, BS Tim. <laughs> <laughs> which sounds way worse than it would be actually what I would mean, which is Bachelor of Science, but it would also be hilarious. Refer to me as my proper title. Yeah, and so if you had finished that that last year of school, you wouldn't be called Mrs. You would be called MFA. <laughs> Call me MFA. Mufa. Mufa. Way to go, MFA. Becca, you no, can Mufa. do this. No, Mufa. I prefer to go by. Mustafa. <laughs> Muffa. <laughs> so that that was classic but okay the part about expectations the the worst episode by far that i've seen which most of them are just like funny and i feel kind of bad because i'm like making fun of them most of the time and i don't it's know a if reality that's a tv show that's do. what it's for okay and so but you feel kind of bad but this one i didn't feel bad oh. and so i'm limiting myself to one complaint because otherwise it will just go on i mean other than the person who this? insists on the, the dentist who insists everyone yeah calls him that doctor. was like a fun that wasn't my least that's not a episode. complaint no, that was 
a different random complaint, okay. like a funny one. Okay. But this this guy this was is truly criticism. deplorable. Okay. The, oh. This whole thing was awful. Like oh, it no. was an episode where it was like she, a reverse. She broke out the deplorable word. Yes, he was awful. Okay. And so it was like the he was it was reverse, and so it was like the Bachelor looking for like the all like they were they brought because almost all, these all girls. the episodes are like like multiple guys going after one girl. Yes, and so this is him like you know looking for these girls but they like make him out to be like this like shy guy that needs to come out of his shell or whatever mm, okay. you know so you think nice but really there's so many there's so many things i could say but i won't but the part that was like <laughs> crazy to me um cuz i feel like if people saw it like they might not think as harshly as i do but i have a lot of reasons but i won't say them besides this one um so the entire time like he kept being like i just need them to come out of my shell like help me come out of my shell and be silly and so like i feel like that there was like one of the girls like two of the girls were actually like decent and like the one was that was good like he kept just being like but she's serious can she be silly can you be silly can you be silly like this is like the whole thing so he wants an airhead that they're like first, well, like that's the thing. He wants like a seductress, but Wait, someone what? that's never like slept with anyone. And so it's like it's, and it's in your thirties, so that oh. that's hard to get. Oh. But um, that okay, that was gonna be a second. That was a second complaint. I didn't mean to go there. Um, about his unrealistic unrealistic expectations but this girl seemed actually really solid but but he kept just being like but can you be silly you know and i'm like the pressure of that like cracked me up like i also <laughs> like to imagine us at our first date and be like i really want someone that fights me well now can listen, you be angry now listen i i have career plans <laughs> and they involve being very funny but i cannot get there without you you need to make me funny <laughs> Otherwise, I'll never get that Comedy Central half-hour special. <laughs> yes, and I want to see the way that you are angry. Excuse me, so not Comedy me. Central. I meant that VidAngel <laughs> Comedy <laughs> Channel half-hour special. Oh, my anyway, goodness. Uh, yes, completely, which would have been funny. Uh, but yeah, I want to see you angry. Get angry, Tim. <laughs> but yet, like, not picking a fight, just, like, telling you to do it. And so, like, I feel like she could have been fun but it was like really forced because she was trying and to they're do this on weird television thing. well but and she's trying to do whatever weird thing he was like trying to make her do and right. be. oh okay this reminds me i was thinking of this when we were in california we uh were at this big fancy mall called the spectrum yes and they have a great big uh ferris wheel and in we were in a car uh, whatever you call it a gondola thing yes and the gondola right next to us the other couple i'm pretty sure they were on a dating reality yes! tv show because the guy was like like there's the camera guy like at first none of them are dressed special but it's like there's one guy who has a really nice camera and he's like taking a lot of video of his two friends and it's like is he just going to take video of them the whole time? And like, what is going on? And then finally, like he gets out this pocket, like led, like light and holds it up while he's filming them. And it's like, Oh, and he has this thing. And so it's like, you have our screaming children in the background and they sat in between us and like my sister and her kids were like yelling at each other. Right. Like <laughs> right in between us. Like we're yelling across that video will be no good. Oh, man, it's going to be great. They're just going to cut out all the sound. <laughs> Oh uh, my maybe goodness. give them a chance to talk about whether they want kids or not <laughs> i would think oh, we really did hilarious. them a service bringing that issue out early You're in welcome. the relationship <laughs> so anyway so but but the thing about this whole like be silly thing so but the pastor what was driving me insane is that if the pastors were like encouraging this because they were like let's um or maybe it was a a, a pastor i can't even remember it's all a blur but. not a senior pastor <laughs> but, he's an associate pastor. but they were like yeah you know um you should look at the person that's gonna balance you out you know like you should find the person that's gonna balance you out so what they kept like pushing him into this insanity and so i'm like oh because he's really withdrawn yeah and so we should have someone that's balanced out but this is like this lie that people feed you you know and yeah. so like tim extreme extrovert me extreme introvert and um like i did have that expectation at first when we were dating that he was gonna like make things better but if you date an extrovert what's gonna happen is you go to a party and they're gonna flutter away 
claiming to get you like a punch or dessert or something and then, for an hour and a half. And then just like forgetting because they're like in the throes or or like tim's style is like he'll like make a robot out of nothing and everyone will be like oh that's amazing and, <laughs> like he'll just yeah. do something crazy and everyone will like will love it you know and, and so it's fine but i'm like i've yeah go ahead and i'm saying like you do teach each other things but mainly through pain and like the pain of like having to deal with resentments and stuff like that. Right. It's like I wasn't going to make you less introverted. I was just going to drive you to storm off from a social event and wander in the dark for an hour while I had to drive around and look for you. Yeah, which completely happened. We besides our fourth year of marriage, like that first that first year of dating where we were in the same city was the worst. We were fighting so we much. Started yeah with a long distance relationship, and then when we were together, it was like, whoa, this is really hard. Yes, because Other Tim's people. like in a fraternity, and everything was completely different than like what my very life much was had like. a problem living a life that was compatible. Yes, yes, and so I feel like like I feel like I would still go to as many social outings as I went to back then because I still did a lot of social stuff, you know. Yeah, as with you, but I feel like the kinds of things that I went to were like harder for me but it just like it made me like it made me I still pray before every single time I meet with like a friend or any sort of social thing because it is extremely difficult for me and so I'm still like praying before everything you know and so it's it's like a motivator but it's like learning to rely on God so I feel like he is the one that has learned to like has taught me to balance me out you know and stuff like it's not you like and I feel like we can be like reflections for each other like when we talk about stuff each week you know like just like you could be with a good friend Mm -hmm. if you're single and stuff and so we can be reflections for each other but I don't think like when we try to balance each other out or when I try to like tell Tim like oh no that's like too crazy like I just like clip his spirit like clip his wings i mean and, gotcha which clips his spirit, spirit you know wings. like his spirit wings <laughs> i'm clipping his spirit wings and like and so like all that kind of stuff like just doesn't work like that balance you know what i mean that's a good point it's a good point so you're saying that you should always just date someone who you're like 100 percent identical compatible with no i think why you pick an opposite is because they intrigue you for the rest of your life like oh, i'm okay. always like what are you gonna do challenge them someone who challenges you yes you know because every single belief like we do tend to come at it like I mean except our belief about Jesus but even within the Christian belief we tend to believe things differently and so it does make us like question it a lot you know um we challenge each other all the time yeah and yeah and it like you completely intrigued me because I don't know what you're going to do and I may be like slightly more predictable to you but you don't know when I'm going to pull out a I kill my imaginary friend I never know that's true (laughs) things like that are a complete surprise you know, and so I feel I'm, like I'm just saying if you're like hobbits, someone, you can learn everything there is to know about them in a week. <laughs> and after a hundred years, they still have the capacity to surprise you. <laughs> well, thank you <laughs> for comparing me to a hobbit. <laughs> it's actually a great compliment. Speaking of which, we had some feedback from listener John about, um, you know, we made a comment in the last episode about who doesn't love Gandalf. Well, obviously, Saruman doesn't <laughs> love Gandalf. That's the answer to our question. <laughs> that just point. wanted to, to bring that up, like as a correction. Like there is, yes, there is someone who doesn't. Corrected. Thank you for revising that for us, Tim. And and yes, and so I just want to say that if you marry someone similar to you, which a lot of people do, and if you um, don't marry someone similar to you, either way, I feel like you'll grow about the same, in my opinion. I've always been curious about some of those dating sites that do, like the eHarmony, where it's the big complicated personality test. Are they striving to get as many matches, or are there specific areas where there's like opposites that are still compatible? Like it's probably a little bit of both, now that I'm saying it out loud. I'm kind of realizing that's it's probably an obvious well, answer. And but- what, what has been my struggle with that is how do they get the sense of humor thing going? Because I feel like sense of humor is so you like important. You know, yeah. like how do you... Maybe like uh, essay questions, you know. As you start writing each other maybe or something. Because mm. I'm like, what is... Like, yeah, does personality test reveal what sense of humor you have? Because I'm like, how do you... Like, there's... Like, I don't know. Like, mm. I mean, like, how do you 
figure that out like based on a personality test it would have to be some of the questions i don't know i don't know but i've always wondered about that as well that's yeah i i really don't know but uh it's always been it's been curious to me because it's like would yeah would would there be any room for opposites or is it always just like try to get as close as possible yeah Hmm. anyway because i mean like i think we've seen like like I feel like sometimes, yeah, we've definitely seen marriages where people are more similar and they've they've gone easier and stuff. And so I think, you know, both ways can work. But so would you say, like, would you say that I balance you out or do you think that's a falsehood as hmm. I thought? You, no. Now, I don't think you balance me out. I think you draw me out. And oh. you you push, prod, and pull me into different places and different better ways of being. Oh, so that is kind of like drawing someone out of their Guess, shell? But not with like, not by example, not like by like being so silly that it's just contagious. I don't know. Yeah. Like, how is it? Or by like not being so serious that I like calm down. Is that what it would be? I don't know. Like, what would you balance me out in? Like, there's so many different axes we could be talking about. Silly versus serious, extrovert versus introvert. Yeah, I guess I just pick the extrovert versus introvert. Yeah. And I mean, unless it's, like, directed, like, I mean, like, our whole, like, passivity versus, like, aggression and arguing, mm. like, went terrible. Yes, I got so more I passive and you got more angry and that Yeah, was... we just went towards our extreme right because it was coping mechanisms that interacted poorly so i mean like i guess maybe it all works if you're like directed by somebody or if you're just smarter than we are (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i assume that every therapist and counselor who gets married has a perfect marriage and perfect (laughs) life that's my assumption because they know everything they're super smart wouldn't that be hard if you were like a therapist i would feel like an expectation to be like really good at it i'm sure they do to be like, yes, I did succeed in marriage. <laughs> I won. <laughs> I'm the best. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, so we have some other notes, some other things oh, we can talk do about we? here. Yes. Um, uh, I need to buy fiberglass uh, insulation dust masks <laughs> and safety Excellent. goggles. Excellent. Um, or at least go find them. Wrong note. Okay. 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 So I wanted to talk about the Millennium Falcon. A little bit of follow up from last week. Okay. We, we talked about our, our favorite characters. Yes. And um, yeah, John, listener John, again, pointed out that um, he thought that I only picked the Millennium Falcon just to be a contrarian, which I find insulting because... I really love the Millennium Falcon, and I think that that is just just completely silly. Um, he he asks though is a question that reveals what it is, and he says, "What's your plan for a Millennium Falcon centered movie? Like, could I make the Falcon such a character that it would be the center of a movie?" And uh, he just said, you don't have one, do you? And I say to you, John, (laughs) I say to you, John, that that's not fair. And if I was super unemployed and super (laughs) depressed, I would absolutely be spending my time making a Millennium Falcon focused uh, feature length film using stop motion animation and, uh, you know, like Legos and toys and stuff. Please tell me it would be a puppet. Could it be a puppet? I'm definitely trying to, you know, go after what Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec did. Yes. Yes. I I got that reference for sure. (laughs) I just, I just think there's a real possibility there. And, you know, there's so many forms of art that I could really like dig into and really sink my teeth into if I just had unlimited time. Now, would it have like a mouth, the Millennium Falcon, or would it like... Like, would it would be it... animated? Like, would the... Like, would, like, <laughs> it's got these, like, mandible things at the front that kind of could open and close, like, sideways. Kind of like the, you know, the things on the ants, you know, the mandibles. Yeah. It could it could kind of do that. Or would it just, like, be, like, make some, like... I really like this idea of this, and like... And you could, like, put subtitles on it. <laughs> like, this squishy animated thing where it's, like, it comes to a stop and it goes... Ee! 
and it gets all squished up and then it turns around and looks <laughs> over its shoulder it's like oh <laughs> wait like what will it say <laughs> <laughs> Come with the first line. That darn space worm almost got me again. I just escaped him. (laughs) I always fly into asteroids thinking they're empty and they have space worms in them. (laughs) We'll have a laugh track. That seems like a laugh track moment. A Scooby-Doo style thing. And maybe can I be the puppet space worm? (laughs) Like, actually, I'm liking this better. Like, if the Millennium Falcon was like the mystery machine and you had like a bunch of mystery solving teenagers riding around in it, you know, un- unmasking space ghosts. <laughs> this could work. Okay. But also but the subtitle thing, that's a, also a possibility. Like oh. you could like it's at its different speeds, like, or whatever oh, you could, yeah. you could like have some subtitles. Could go, like, really avant-garde film of like, like some like weird Japanese thing where it's just like weird still shots all in black and white, like really, you know, dra- dramatic lighting. That could be cool. Um, or you don't have to subtitle it just like with the, again, with the Wookiees and Life Day, like you could just have an <laughs> unsubtitled Millennium Falcon movie where it kind of beeps at you oh, and you man. wonder what it's Oh doing. my gosh. How great would the, would the Star Wars Christmas special have been if it had starred R2-D2 and other astromech droids <laughs> that didn't talk either? <laughs> but they it was like a family of them and they were just beeping and blooping at each other. It would have been adorable. <laughs> So would the like would you allow R two and stuff in this world, or would it just be the Millennium Falcon like with its teenage mob? We gotta have other characters, it. but okay. I think really the focus is going to be the Falcon. Okay, okay. It's kind of like how in the Avengers movies, like Tony Stark, Iron Man is sort of the focus point of it all. Like he kind of seems to be the central character. Besides the whole world. Captain America, but let's just forget about Captain America. Let's. I do can not we, like him. Can we please? We have not seen the new um, Avengers movie yet. No, we have not. We need to. Uh, we need to call up our babysitter and, and set a time. Stat. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Or, whenever or like. whatever we want to. <laughs> so we'll be in the theater for like several more weeks. I'm sure we'll be fine. Right or years, probably. We'll just sit there. Well, it's like an 18 hour movie. I think it'll so be part, part there. one of 12. <laughs> Every character gets their own 25 minutes of screen time. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, there was a really funny. Um, uh, yes, they're totally going to be like fighting Tim for the screen. Like they're going to be like, put the camera here. No, here. Because they're all like big now with their own movies. Yes. Wait, me. Look at me. Yes. yes. Okay, sorry. I interrupted. Go ahead. There was a little video clip I saw online. Um, um, I think it was from Conan or something. It was like uh, Avengers infinity characters. And it's like, it had like each of the Avengers and then they kept going. They had like weird Al Yankovic and the Kool-Aid guy and the tricks rabbit and, <laughs> and like Alf. And <laughs> they just kept going Alf like be a winner. anything from like pop culture. They just kept adding more and more characters <laughs> in for random things. Uh, <laughs> so I like that. Hopefully not that dino baby that used to say, like, gotta love me. Do you remember that? Oh there was goodness. something that was equally as annoying. That it, thing, like, it plays in my head still. Like, the horror of that gotta love me thing. The I don't even remember what show that was, but they were, like, dinos- a dinosaur family yes. from, like, our childhood. Someone thought it'd be a good idea to make a cross between family matters and, um, like, one of those weird... Um, Mama's Family or something like that, but starring puppet dinosaurs. Jim Henson, I think, actually was no. vaguely involved no. with some of the Tell things. No, me no. I think he was. The Muppets was like the best show ever. It makes sense. So like he, he loves dinosaurs because he came up with the idea for Dinosaur Train, which our kids love. Um, He's dead. Yeah, it was his son that actually did it. Yeah, I was like, you wouldn't have been able to like, he, but he came up with the idea before he died or something? I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Like, it's like a sketch in his book. But that just makes me depressed that he could come up with that something that awful. I may be making that up, but I've... I hope you are. Please. I don't even know. The estate of Jim Henson will be suing us for... For, um, uh, <laughs> for signing that horror show. To... Oh, man. What's the word where you're... Not libel, but uh, slander. That's right. Slander. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, okay, but to revisit something else also from last podcast, um, I was thinking more about your question where you were like, 
what's up with the like like with the puff the magic dragon not to bring up the crazy train of rebecca again of the um you know killing the imaginary characters but you're like why like is that so important and so like I kept thinking about that later because I'm like why do I have such like a passionate feeling that you'd like need to face everything you know and I was remembering like when my first grandparent um passed away you know um I was like in first grade or whatever and mm-hmm. um like he was he was on life support and everything so it's like eyes were all red and and mm. everything it was very scary to me like seeing him that way like you know, just not really there anymore. It was, it was very scary. And so, um, yeah, it was the beginning of the year. So yeah, like a six year old. And so like, I remember my dad, like picking me up so that I could like kiss his cheek to say goodbye to him. And I just remember being like so terrified and like, I couldn't do it. And I watched like my older siblings, like be able to all do it like with grace and my six-year-old mind i don't know if they actually could but my six-year-old mind you that's like what i saw that they did for freaking out well i felt like i just felt ashamed i guess you oh, know yeah. and so i was just like i i watched them do this with this grace and i was like i want to be like that and so it's like you know how like sometimes you like make these inner vows mm-hmm. especially when you're a kid oh yeah like, I promise I'll never those? let that happen yes. again. Yes. yes, that was totally one of them where I was like, I will never say goodbye in that way again. Like, I'll never be a coward again when oh, I wow. say goodbye. And so I felt like in my head, like that that was a moment of cowardice, like when I couldn't do that. And so I feel like, um, you know, so I feel like that there's like, there's a lot of reasons that that probably isn't good like that inner vow thing that was taken with that but but it also has made me pretty direct with a lot of other goodbye situations so some of it has been okay but um Hmm. you're looking at me like it's not okay well no i just uh, you said with goodbye situations and i would classify you and your family as exceptionally bad at saying goodbye but like i'm talking like final goodbyes yeah that's just such a rare occurrence like it's just like the temporary, like, we won't see you for a couple months. Goodbyes seem to drag on forever and be really unhealthy. Or maybe they are healthy because we maybe. like each other. Maybe. And, like, I don't know. Because I feel like there's two. I'm very judgy about that. You're two, absolutely there's right. There's, like, two kinds of goodbyes. There's, like, the ones where you, like, let them drag out a bit. Or, like, the people that just wander off. And you're kind of a wander off for a little bit. Catch you if you can. Good luck. <laughs> Take luck. And so I love it and the boys love it. But but Tim does have to cut me off at night because the boys keep wanting to come out and like hug and kiss me goodnight. And you love it. I do. You're like, yes, like, please. And so you're like, no. And so I was like, blow me a kiss. And so that's that was kind a of good our, compromise. Like, we figured that out. Yes. And so then it's not as fun for them because they don't get as much time up. So it doesn't yeah. work. It's like you get allowed to take three steps outside of your bedroom door and blow us a kiss and then you almost immediately turn around and go back so like it can be both so i i don't know but i just mean like i feel like with the finality of like grieving like i feel like with grief i was kind of just like i'll never run from it again man that is powerful and so i don't know i mean i know most vows like you're not really supposed to do that sort of thing like I don't think. Are you? I don't know. I feel like you're not supposed to make like inner vows like that because they can be pretty. I don't know. Yeah, they can shape a lot of things unintentionally. But I think that was one that was operating in me that I definitely had no clue about until we started talking on the podcast that it was there. Interesting. Isn't it weird when you like come across one of those where you're like, "Whoa, I've been." Why do I believe that? Like, <laughs> but it's like so strong. Like it's your inner core because you did it like in childhood. Like you took that vow in childhood. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things people go to therapy to talk about and uncovers. Dig up all those things and be like, why am I doing this crazy behavior that I can't seem to change? And it's like, well, let's think about it. So I guess this was a little bit of therapy here. (laughs) Oh, man. I will be charging you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you have eight minutes left in this session. And then I'm going to have to charge you for another hour. <laughs> Very sorry. But, um, but yeah, so you remember things that you've, like, took vows for? Oh, I'm trying to remember. 
I need you to do this in a funny way too. <laughs> I need to really bring it back up a notch. Like things got well, a little no, sad. No, I've tried to make joke from like earlier from the show, like with like be, the be silly thing. Like oh, I need you to be funny to balance while you out. You tell this, yes, please balance me out by. Being... Which, like, yeah, when when the bathroom was catastrophe was happening, that also would have been fun to be to be able to go in there and be like, but now I want to see if you could be silly while the bathroom falls apart. <laughs> try it, Tim. <laughs> Just try it. Just try to make jokes and be silly about it. Make me laugh. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, Yeah, you know, that's probably I I would say I remember vowing to never like lose my temper in public and like Mm. let like let myself lose control of my temper and and go insane. (laughs) Like, Yeah, that's something that happened several times as a kid that I just I cannot even stand that memory. Yeah. Also, probably a vow about being inconvenient, like ever being like inefficient and inconvenient to people. I feel like that's something that I've really, you know, soaked up into my soul as a core, uh, you know, goal. Which is kind of ironic because that's actually the thing that I see you lose your temper most over mm. is when there's inefficiency or inconvenience. Like you might be mad at yourself, but it's bleeding Interesting. over. So it's actually the thing that it makes, makes you sense angriest. how they would connect. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of cool that you brought them both up, but I really haven't seen you lose your temper in public and you really don't in, in private very yeah. much. Like you just get stressed out more, but you don't, yeah, you don't do that. Um, mm. You know, I, I don't think I've actually ever seen you lose your temper in public. Yeah, I don't know. Probably not. I probably hide it. So now to push you out of your shell, I Wait, think what I'd- shell? <laughs> I just share some deep stuff. There's no shell here. <laughs> I know you did share deep stuff, but I'm making a joke. Oh and, my and word! So I'm going to push you to your limit next time we are out and do everything that annoys you and see if you can get over your fear of losing your temper in public. Well, now that you've told me that that's what's going to happen, I know that the only valid strategy to deal with that is to lose my temper immediately so that you can't annoy me more than once. And I can control the situation by stopping you. And you could tell me my imaginary pet is still alive. Yeah. You know that imaginary pet? I'm going to stomp on it. You didn't kill it. I'm going to. That seems very toxic. Doesn't it? Mm. Going after each other's core stuff. So I didn't mean to make a joke about that. I actually really do appreciate that you shared that. (laughs) Sorry. I just gave you a look. (laughs) So... You know, one of the questions that I remember from that Cuba questions that sometimes we've asked each other is like, who in the room would make the best therapist? So are we saying that I would not at this moment be the best therapist? I think for you? you really draw people's um, you know, people out. I think I like to stay surface level and you like to go deep. So you would make the best therapist. Too. That is so kind of you to say after this, because I was like making fun of myself because like you took me seriously and were really kind and compassionate, and then you shared something deep, and I—that's just my way of, of being <laughs> the winner in this conversation. <laughs> I win. Becca's guilt intact again. Boom. As long as I can keep you down, I will keep myself floating on top of you. You are my life raft. <laughs> yes, that is going to be. Um, the <laughs> advice for any sort of dating. Find someone who can use, you use, find a soulmate who you can use as a flotation device in life. <laughs> who lifts you up when you push them down. Find your teeter-totter. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is really funny <laughs> to me. It feels like a good place to call it. Um, Yes, I do have one more thing to share. Um, I have been delighted about our son's um, new song that he <laughs> created. I was really hoping we could avoid this, but okay. Um, the first time I heard it, my jaw dropped slightly because I was a little shocked. He's um, in that phase where he's like it. recombining and taking things and adding words. So, would you like to sing it? Well, he kind of, you know, it's there's the song that someone taught him, and it's like. Um, uh, find my baby bumblebee, 
won't my mom be so proud of me? Like something like that. I, I don't even know how the song goes. Uh, yeah, I don't know the real words. Yeah. But it, it, he kept going and he kept like, I can drink my baby bumblebee blood. <laughs> won't my mommy? And he can't even like finish singing the verse. He just cracks himself up so much. He just breaks down laughing. Baby bumblebee blood. He's drinking it. I don't know why, but but there it is. <laughs> and then, like at night, like he was like, and we you... reacted to it once, so now it's like because the best it was joke a little ever. shocking, you yes. know, because it was just like I wasn't expecting him to be drinking blood, but you know, <laughs> a bumblebee vampire. <laughs> but then we went ahead and like, so now that's like funny, and so then like the other night he's like, "Will you miss my blood tonight, mom?" <laughs> I I don't know. That's a confusing question. I think I don't want to answer. I'm just going to creep out of this room right now. Speaking of bumblebees, they're back. The wasps are back outside. The yellow jackets, I've seen them. So we're going to have to set up the, the trap again. And you see the joy spread on my face. Becca the exterminator is, is back. She's alive. She's ready to go. It's true. If something's going to pull me out of this sickness... It's, it's going to be my desire to kill wasps. Well, there's some spider webs in the crawl space. I really okay, need some no. help. <laughs> that is horrifying. Okay, fair enough. The spiders are horrifying. But um, yes, to be clear, it will be God that pulls me out of this. <laughs> Not... <laughs> Just wanted to make sure you all knew that I think everyone we were knew it was a joke. I think everyone knew it was a joke. <laughs> what does this say about your own insecurity? Well, it's it's kind of strong right now. Maybe because I'm making fun of people so much while I watch this show. Uh-huh. And so then I'm expecting people to make fun of me there, now. There is something that is only additive and never you never balance each other out. If you marry a sarcastic person and you're not that sarcastic you will become more sarcastic. Like, it only ratchets one direction. Oh my goodness, yes. I was not sarcastic at all. Like, I was funny. Like, like, like not to toot my own horn, but toot too. I felt like, I mean, I felt witty and like would have fun yes. laughing a lot and joking. Like, I love, you know, I love But my sarcastic sense of humor infected you very quickly. Because like when I saw you like interact with your family, like the first time I was like in horror, I was like, what? They are so this? mean to each other. But it's like just, it was sarcasm and I like didn't even barely know what it was because that wasn't what I did. And so now I feel like I, like our kids are like kind of sarcastic. And so I'm like, yep, and like, are. and I see that like, now I see Simon get hurt when I will say something like sarcastic to him. And I'm like, I have monster. had to catch myself and apologize and be like, you know what? That was a really sarcastic way for me to say that. And it didn't help. I'm sorry. So like, we're gonna, yeah, I have to work on that, you know? They're and, going to know what sarcasm is, and they will have many good examples in their minds of yeah, what bad sarcasm looks like. Yeah, totally. So that's a thing. <laughs> you just sent my heart like palpitating. <laughs> Emperor palpitating. If what? Em- Emperor palpitating. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Um, see, that could be a fun joke for our la- for the laugh track for for the Millennium Falcon show. Oh, that's there's almost a joke there. Yep. It, there was Tim, like like that's the caliber of jokes I'm expecting to come out of the mouth ish yes. of the Millennium Falcon. And also, you you've really you've tuned into the right podcast for uh, Star Wars based humor and um, jokes about uh, Alexander Graham Bell. And things like that. Baby Bumblebee blood. That is what we're going to use as a topic at the next uh, improv show we go to. Baby Bumblebee blood. <laughs> like how they'll be able to hear that is a hard question. I just want them to be really confused. I want them to just like, hear a bunch of noises and go, what? did that just end with the word blood? What did you say? Everything is just going to be blood. That we say. Yep. But, um... Um, hopefully next week we'll come back with our fiction characters for books. We didn't yes, have time we did not to cover bring our that top up. four book characters. So we week. came through with neither promise to you to talk about Wild Things book or um, you know, to talk about the character topics. So neither promise was fulfilled, but 
maybe another day. They will be. It's all right. Hard to say. Going to keep going. Oh, we are. We are getting close to episode 50. Oh, well. That'll be amazing. We've, I mean, we've, yeah, we, our dream was 56, you know, like a, a solid year. I think and there's 52 weeks <laughs> in a year. Oh, my gosh. Okay, that could be the time. Okay. Um, yes. 56 <laughs> weeks in a year. All 56 weeks in the year, we will have an episode four. <laughs> oh, my. And I don't think we'll be pulling the plug at any time, but that was like our original commitment. Was Every that we week, I to... wonder if we've pulled the plug. <laughs> Do you really? Sometimes I wonder, it's like, is this it? Are we just going to keep putting it off until we never record again? Oh, my goodness. Like, are we just going to drift away? I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Or are we going to kill it? Oh, you know what the answer is to that, Tim. Are we going to record like a funeral service for the podcast or is it just going to stop being recorded? <laughs> Everyone will tune into that episode. Oh, a finale. A, a, a serious finale. No, it's going to be the funeral. And everyone loves to go to funerals. So it will be like a very depressing, like, we will, you know, sing some eulogies to the podcast. <laughs> I, I don't even I don't know. know where we're going with this, but but no, a finale would be more exciting. But but the finale don't don't take that to heart. The finale is not coming ever. Okay, I kind of okay. Never mind. But if you leave, I can find as we've talked about in another episode. I can just find my co-hosts through. Um, you gotta stop saying search. that because it's really making me think. Maybe I just need to abandon the ship. You would be so jealous. Mm, yeah, yeah, I would be. That would be so inappropriate. Thank you. Well, it could be an entirely different topic. What topic would you do if you had the opportunity to make a brand new podcast? Like, what would you be excited to talk about? I think the only thing that I could besides if it was with you would be like, like what writing. if you had the energy? Yeah, exactly. Writing would be what it would be about. Oh, okay. Literature okay. writing. The thing you already like enjoy talking about with people. That we already talk about yeah. on here. Like, I feel like we talk about everything on here. Like... Right, it is a general, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a Swiss Army knife of of topics here. Right, right, but yeah, it would definitely be writing in that. What would you do hmm. in your imaginary podcast without me? I don't know. Traitor. <laughs> Yikes! Um, yeah, something, some technology drones. related thing, maybe. No, there's not enough there. And the problem is, drones is such a visual thing. It's yeah, kind of boring to talk there. about. Yeah. But every like new, I mean, you. I listened like, to one talk... podcast about drones. It's it's not super exciting. I could see that, but you talked to me for hours okay. about new things with like programming and visual set. Like you are like you are always knowing like all the new stuff that's happening. So like each week you talk to me for hours, you would definitely be able to I do have things to talk about. You do. I just started listening to a new podcast that's a um a short fiction uh piece. That sounds fun. Man, I could write something and have you read it. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's I mean, what I'm saying. We could like do like we could do like something, something artistic like that that's a little more you know, short fiction. We could do our own Ray Bradbury theater. Oh, yes. Theater of the mind. And I could talk about how awesome I am <laughs> if I'm Ray Bradbury. You could have your introduction. You're like, look at my office. Here and here and here. This is where the magic happens. <laughs> have you ever seen the office of such a genius? I think, I think. not. <laughs> yes, mine would be like, please read it. <laughs> no, just kidding. Actually, I do enjoy criticism a lot of my writing. So I'm really not that fragile about my writing as I am about my own life. <laughs> um, I just want to cover one last thing that we decided to do that I find interesting. We've decided to um, stick to California time, to the Pacific time zone since we came back. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of been working out all right. Um, it's hard to tell exactly since you're not really sleeping at night. You're staying up all night in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, but we've been putting the kids down for nap like almost an hour later than they normally yes. would. And we've been putting them down for bed almost an hour later. And uh, yeah, we get up in the mornings later. The kids sleep in later in the morning. And I'm not totally sure if it's worth it. It kind of feels like this should all just balance out and be just as miserable. But But right now it feels good. It does. For some reason it feels so good because I just, I don't. I don't like mornings and I don't like to see their beautiful little 
charming cherubic faces. <laughs> Except they're the sweetest in the morning. So that's what's hard because yeah. mornings are my least favorite, but they're their favorite, you mm. know. But I feel like I can be there more for them. And so I'm thinking we just keep swinging this How ship. long is it going to last? And... Are we just going to keep ratcheting it one direction? Like, is it right. going to get later? Like, later? let's put them to bed at midnight and we all get up like at 10. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> My Eastern time zone clients are going to get really annoyed really quick. <laughs> so I've enjoyed it. So we'll just keep checking in on that every week. And uh, yeah. Uh, if you want to hear about that and all of our other exciting uh, topics, you can find our show at terribleaudio.com. And uh, we have our archives there. And you can find show notes for this show at that location also. Um, you can email us. Uh, our email address is followup at terribleaudio.com. And uh, we'd be happy to take topic suggestions. Things like that could be interesting. Um book suggestions even that'd be fun too uh anyway i hope you all have a great week and until next week uh this has been tim and rebecca and the good words podcast